0: Uh, you want to take a crack at introing the show? Okay.
1: Um, hi everyone. Welcome to Chattisfaction. Uh, we appreciate you joining us today. My name of course is Samuel and this gentleman to my very, very far left is Keith. And, uh, and we're here to chat you up today.
0: About a thousand miles left, huh?
1: Is it like a thousand miles? Quite a few. Oh, one time uh, a friend of ours was, like, sort of dating this girl. He wasn't dating her at all. He This girl came out to visit. She was another friend of our sister. And uh, they, like, kind of hit it off a little bit and flirted a little bit. And then she, she went back home. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, that's that. And she wouldn't leave him alone. And at one point she lived in, uh, like, Chicago. He was like, he was like, you live a thousand miles away. Like, why are we why are you doing this and she like emailed him a screenshot of the google maps and it was like 990 <laughs> miles she was like 1000 miles huh <laughs> like, she called him out for being wrong even though it was within a very <laughs> insignificant length yeah uh, um yeah it was pretty great anywho we well, let's, uh, I'm not good at introing. I don't know what to do. <laughs> How's your week been, Keith? How are you?
0: I'm good. The week's been all right. Yeah. I've been working a lot. I'm going out of town this weekend, going to North Carolina to visit my girlfriend's stepmom and her brother. And uh, your
1: girlfriend's brother or her stepmom's brother?
0: Girlfriend's brother. Gotcha. Um, And we're going to go adventuring in North Carolina. I don't know exactly what we're okay. going to do, but uh, we were looking up like zip. We talked about it last week. We were looking at like zip lining and stuff. and Oh, yeah. Uh, just just hanging out. Just having a good weekend. But since I got the weekend off, that means I've had to basically work all week. So that's, yeah, all, that's, that's all I've been doing. It's a rough ride now here. Of the,
1: one of the curses of uh, restaurant life is that... The weekends are the hardest time to get covered, I feel like.
0: Yeah. And usually when I do get them covered, I pay the price in some way or another.
1: Yeah. The good news is since you're back at house, it's not like your pay isn't any different. Yeah. Um, That's one thing that is so hard uh, being like a server or bartender, especially Mm -hmm. bartending, is like people want you to do shit on Saturdays. And they're like, we we'll just get the day off. And it's like, you understand if I get the day off, I'm like, I'm giving up like 200 bucks. Yeah. Like I'm literally paying $200 to go to your barbecue. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you do it like, cause you just, you won't do anything if you always have that attitude. Yeah. Um, you just do it sometimes, but it makes the decision harder every time. Cause you're, you're like very aware of the fact that you are handing off, I I, like the best money making shift of the week so that you can go probably spend more money somewhere else.
0: Yeah. That's a, that, uh, that's a way I never had to think about it for me. It's just, uh, it's just literally no one wants to work on the weekend and no, no one wants to do this job. They're not picking it up and no one wants to actively... Very, oh, I, I won't say no one, but very few people actively want to do this job. So asking them to sacrifice a weekend so that I can have a weekend is tough, but yeah, it got done. We're going to go have a good time. And uh, I'm excited. Um, it's exciting. Yeah. And I'm going to bring my Switch with me see if we can i can convince some people to play some one two switch if not that's fine i'll play something else
1: wow nintendo switch uh i it's interesting you bring that up are there any games coming out for it that you're excited about
0: uh i don't know it's almost as though i would need someone to tell me about that if there was any new new exciting information to share about any new games coming out
1: well, I'll say this. We're talking about a game called Arms, mm-hmm. which I believe we talked about our, in our inaugural episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the new. So there was a uh, Nintendo, for those of you that don't know, for the last however many years they've been doing this thing called Nintendo Direct, where they release these little, like, 20 minute to an hour long pre recorded videos. And it's just it, the, the whole point of it is for them to directly. Uh, give the fans their, their fans like news. It's the way they make announcements a lot of the time. They'll do in depth previews of games. Um, And I, I per for one, love it. There's been a tendency in the game industry for a long time. Now I was gonna say decades. I don't, that might be, I don't know if it's been 20 years, but it's been, it's been at least 10, um, probably 15 or so um, where companies hold out and they only make big announcements at E3, uh, the electronic entertainment expo mm-hmm. um and then like maybe there's like one other event like in the winter time um like the tokyo game show uh or something like that like where some big announcements will get maybe for the most part it's like everybody saved their wad until e3 yeah um and nintendo years back um and give me one quick second i'll try to find a stat on it um nintendo a while ago, basically decided, uh, looks like 2011 is the first one they did. Mm -hmm. Um, they started doing these Nintendo directs where they, uh, and you know, all this Keith, obviously, but this is for our, our less, uh, knowledgeable fans. Yeah. Um, they just put out this little video with content and it's like, they announce new games. They'll announce new features of games. Like they make these big announcements. And so Nintendo, all of a sudden when they first started doing it, it was like every couple of months or like every month, even um, they're really common. And so you'd get like, instead of an E3 where these companies have like an hour to pack in all these announcements and these, like all these, like they just have to boil it down to sizzle reels. Like they get to spend a little more time with their announcements and have fun with it. Um, and then their E3 ended up being like not nearly as exciting, but I absolutely love it because it means like I get to get hyped for some new Nintendo news like every few months. Um, Cause they off also what I really love about it is they announced them like generally within a week of their airing, often the day before they'll say tomorrow there's going to be a Nintendo direct and it's going to be about this. Yeah. And so that's what we got um, on Tuesday. They said tomorrow, Wednesday, we're gonna have an Nintendo Direct about Arms, um, and they said flat. Out, they said it's gonna be about Arms, and we're gonna have a new Splatoon trailer at the end. Uh, that's exactly what it was. And uh, anybody who isn't already excited for Arms, I don't think there's any new news here necessarily. Um, oh, they announced a bunch for... of new characters. Yeah, new characters. But it's like I feel like we're excited for the game, so we're excited for new characters and but people... and new
0: game modes. They they announced new game modes and stuff.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, but I, I didn't see anything in this direct changing anyone's mind. Like if people looked at the info that was out there already and said, I'm not interested in that game. Yeah. I don't think that this direct would have made anybody go, Oh cool. Now that they've announced this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, you and I are very excited for the game. Um, and this just furthers the reasons I'm excited for it. It's I like, I said, like I said in week one, like I'm so excited. Nintendo's making new characters. Um, yeah. And they're fun and they have names. And, like, who do we get? We got Kid Cobra, mm-hmm. who's, like, uh, a snake boarding superstar. Yeah. Um, and his, his design's pretty good. Like, it's not – I really – their last announced characters, their two last announced – or ones they've announced before this direct was uh, Min Min, the ramen girl. And I thought she had a really cool character design. Yeah. And then uh, the, like, DNA guy. Helix. Um, I can't – helix um he's really cool and his like premise too i think is awesome yeah um his premise is that they're trying scientists are trying to create people with these stretchy arms yeah and they created this all stretchy person um but so i i I thought their design was a little more interesting than uh than kid cobra but i still think he's cool yeah um and uh then we had uh the i'm not gonna remember their names hopefully you've got them um but the celebrity girl um
0: keep talking i'll pull them up
1: okay um so there's this like she's basically a a movie star or something and she has these long pigtails that she uses as her fighting arms which i think is a lot of fun i was really hoping we'd see some non people with it don't just have stretchy arms that would have a stretchy other things so, i really liked her um, i liked her design yeah yeah, she was really just fun, um, and she her, like, special abilities, like, stun you with her star power and stuff like that. I think it's mm-hmm. it's just fun. Like, this game looks, like, fucking fun, and it looks like it's fun like Smash Brothers that we could get really into, um, and that's what Nintendo, Nintendo makes fun games generally, and I'm really excited for this new one, and then they announced uh, a robot cop and his dog sidekick that both fight together. And then they can power up and combine to make like one giant robot, which I think just sounds like a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited to see the variety of these characters. That's one of the things that has really drawn uh, me, and I think you as well, Keith, um, to Overwatch that we've been playing so much lately. Yeah, um, is that p- picking different characters is really fun, like using their different abilities. Mm. And the variety here obviously isn't quite as severe as Overwatch. No, um, the variety
0: seems to amount to as much as customizing your cart and Mario Kart is like you can pick your racer and then you can kind of fool around with the cart uh, customization. And if you really, really get in depth with it, you can, uh, you can affect things. But for the most part, for a casual player, you could just go in and, and pick whatever you think looks cool and you'll probably be oh, fine. See,
1: I just think it's more like, I think that last statement is probably true, but like my understanding is each of the characters have completely different like abilities. Yeah um and they all like essentially are punching each other but they all look like they play fairly differently Mm -hmm. like they play the same game fairly differently yeah um they're not going to be doing totally different things they're still just trying to punch the other person but they all like some of them are really dodge heavy and some of them like like the helix can like his whole body can dodge and stuff like that yeah there's a bunch of i I think they look like they're going to be distinct enough that picking your player will be a significant decision
0: Okay. So the celebrity's name is, uh, Twintel. Right. And the cop, uh, the cop and his dog, the robot duo is bite and bark. Oh, nice. Um,
1: yeah, I just love it. I I remember seeing an article today on Kotaku saying like Nintendo's artists are finally allowed to like have some fun and the results are, are wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, I don't that know, it's not the exact title by any means, but something like that. And I I fully agree. And I've been saying it, like, I really like seeing Nintendo doing something totally new. Um, yeah. I mean, that's how we got Smash Brothers. They were messing around with a different concept for a fighting game. Mm-hmm. And that's how they came up with Smash Brothers. So this is the same thing. They're trying to come up with a different type of fighting game. Splatoon is them trying to do their own thing with uh, a shooter. Yeah, absolutely. And it's... It's just fun. It's fun to see what they come up with. Splatoon was great. Splatoon two looks awesome, and now I am super stoked for Arms.
0: Um, yeah, Arms looks really great. Um, I, I agree with you that if you watch this and you weren't already sold, there's probably nothing in here to sell you further because the gameplay has been shown off. Like it, this is this seems like the sort of thing you are already excited for or not. Um, right. this is just to further give you like. It's kind of, it reminds me of like when they had the Smash Brothers, like daily updates of like, you already know you're getting Smash Brothers, let's just tell you what's in the game and like these characters and what they're all right. about and stuff. Um, but that being said, uh, my favorite thing in this trailer that has now caught on and is just like infected my mind is the main theme of this game. The theme song yeah, for it is so I good. I really like it. Yeah. Um. And also a little tidbit that I didn't know is that the developers behind this are the guys that did Mario Kart 8. Really? Yeah. So so I even know, they get to create a uh, unique IP, a new IP, and kind of stretch their legs a little bit before I assume awesome. they start working on the next Mario Kart. But Yeah, I, oh. I, I'm i excited for this very much so.
1: But I do want to call it right now, ARMS 2 is going to have stretchy legs in it.
0: We shall see. I, I don't know if you can... <laughs> Uh, fundamentally change it from a boxing game to a uh, full-on kickboxing game as well. But I just think it's gonna happen. Um. Yeah who who was your favorite of these? Who's your favorite of these characters? Just like of all of them that have been. Announced? I really
1: like Min Min the Ramen Girl. Min
0: Min's your favorite?
1: Um. Yeah, she is. I think she's great. Do you have a, a roster up by any chance? So you can send me. Um. um yeah, I really like her. Yeah. Um, of the new announcements, I think... Uh, design-wise, I think I like uh, Twintail, you said?
0: Twintail, yeah.
1: Twintail. Yeah. I, I like Twintail's design. I think gameplay-wise, I'm the most interested in uh, bite and bark. Um, but I, I do really like that there's someone whose stretchy things are not their arms. Mm-hmm. Um I really honestly like the design of the like title character, I think uh Springman looks awesome. I love his hair, like he's a good mascot for this game, I think, yeah, um he's designed really well
0: um oh
1: God, that's a good picture,
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it would pull up that picture. I'm loving uh, the artwork in this game um yeah, it's super good and um you know at this point Nintendo their charm is that they're basically all their games look great and they obviously have a great art team and their charm is that they are essentially like the Pixar of video games right now like they put out something it has a unique look you know it's Nintendo when you look at it and you also know it's gonna have that polish that comes with Nintendo games so yeah um, I, I get excited whenever they because like even Splatoon like I never played it myself um, I never bought it I played it at your house a little bit um, but I always thought the game aesthetically looked really cool and I really like the art style a lot. It just was not, I just didn't want to play my Wii U and it came out at a bad time when I was, uh, deep into other games and I just knew yeah. I wasn't dedicate I knew I wasn't going to dedicate time to it so I can justify paying 60 bucks for a game that I would probably touch twice. But right. I think, uh, Splatoon two and arms are coming out at really, really good times where I can't see myself, uh, play anything big when they come out so i can Dude, Arms, good least... go ahead arms comes out uh two days before my wedding
1: so you're gonna bring your switch we're gonna get it and we're gonna play it oh hell yeah and then be be late to the wedding
0: yeah i mean i was bringing my switch regardless but i didn't i didn't realize that it was actually two days before your wedding which i am uh the best man of by the way i got duties and stuff that's true duties that's i'm true i've not been handling but duties that i will handle the way i do which is last minute uh oh, yeah um but yeah uh i just sent you the link with the roster on it um yeah i, th- I min my favorite min favorite i think yeah i think that bite and bark are my favorite and just because they're unique like having a having that like buddy cop dynamic with this game and they're the only characters that play like this it's the only character with like an ai helper um I think they visually look cool and I think that their gameplay looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um and I also visually like Twin I really like Kid Cobra, just he just looks like fun.
1: Yeah, I really I just they did good. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. Um and, I uh Oh sorry, go ahead.
0: And they plan to uh support it in the same way that they supported uh Splatoon, which is and that's free updates.
1: I, exactly i was about to say as someone who did play splatoon um and tessa actually played it a lot more than i did Mm. but so i was i watched a lot of splatoon and i was around it a lot um they put out so many updates to that game Mm. it was like every week or two they were dropping new weapons new maps new entire game modes and stuff and it was all 100 percent free it was super cool um i don't know if my mic's picking this up or not, but my cat is being ridiculous. Yeah.
0: I mean, cats are just being murdered at your house, so it's (laughs) fine. We'll, we'll, we will power through it.
1: She has, she has a toy in her mouth and just wants to make sure everyone looks at her, (laughs) um, to see her toy. But, um, yeah, I, Splatoon's support after launch was spectacular. Um, they gave you a reason to check into that game almost weekly. Mm -hmm. Um, whole new weapon types like just it wasn't even like cosmetic it just was a ton of fun shit like that and so the fact that they said this game is, they're going to be putting out new fighters consistently um and new maps and stuff just keeps me really excited because all the maps look like fun the maps make me think of like smash brothers and stuff they're not just blank stages like they all have shit going on um and that that is exciting too like i i'm this game is giving me a very smash brothers e vibe yeah um just with it's it's gonna be unlike anything i've ever played before there's gonna be a ton of variety and i feel like i feel like i'm gonna have fun even when i lose but maybe that's not true
0: um yeah it all depends i i'm excited to see if uh and i've, I've talked about this before when we talked about this game to see if there's any sort of esports presence for this because if they do make this a if it's tight and polished and not if it's the sort of game where you can easily get into it but if you really study the mechanics of it and get and dive deep that you could master it in a way that uh just just makes it an esports level uh competition game um i think that could be really cool i like it when new things come out and they become esports like overwatch and like uh rocket league before it um because i could i could be into watching pros play this game just seeing all the kinds of crazy shit they could pull off with yeah. different combinations different combinations of arms and the acrobatics of the game as well cuz you're not just like it is boxing but you're able to like jump and double jump and like uh when you release a punch you can actually like hook it and stuff so there's a, there's going to yeah, be a that... lot of uh anticipatory movements and also like taking advantages of openings
1: yeah. Well, that's the idea. Like the, the the arms take so long to travel that like you get to respond, you know, and like they've shown a lot of strategies where you have like a different arm on each uh, arm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one will be like this big curvy thing that you throw out to the left to force your opponent right. And then you hit him with this like fast punch from the right. Like I think there's gonna be a lot of fun combos like that. I think this game is gonna be deep enough that I'm going to be really bad at it. Yeah. Uh, And that is fun. Like I'm excited about that. I'm excited to be shitty. Like, but try to get better.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So they, go ahead. I was say, I'm also excited. I don't know if you saw today. They announced a couple Splatoon, themed accessories for the switch
0: let's get to that in a minute let's keep it on arms okay. for a second we're going to talk okay. about splatoon in one second but I, I wanted to ask you what was your uh i just sent you a list of all the new game modes what do you think of uh the reveal of all of these
1: um i think that'll look like fun and it's the type of thing like nintendo puts out so many of these like nintendo loves their mini games and yeah. they attach them to their games and they put out just mini game collections and i am at the point where like it's I can never tell anymore if they're gonna be fun or not. Um, yeah, you know sometimes the ones you think are gonna be great are really boring, and then the ones you don't have that much faith in, like you end up playing over and over and over again. Um, and that's things, when they hit, they hit real good. And so I'm hoping some of these are good. Like I'm excited about the stuff like like the skill shot um, where you're like trying to break targets and stuff like that. Like I'm excited for like the mini game to unlock new arms. Look like it's gonna be fun. There's gonna be the sort of that driving loot factor yeah. which always gets me in games um needing to needing to get loot um and i do like they said if you unlock a duplicate arm it actually it gets stronger because you have a duplicate okay which makes me wonder did you remember that from the direct no yeah they said like so you know you can sort of go into this mode where you compete and then try to unlock arms and i think it's the ones you unlock are random and they said if you get a duplicate, it is a stronger version than the one you had before. So duplicates aren't bad. Like, a duplicate just makes it better. Um, but it makes me wonder how that actually works in-game. Like, if you, if I'm playing locally with a friend, do we have choices of all the same arms? Mm. Or, like, if you're playing online, you know, are you playing people that are only have access to similar arms? Like, if someone's gotten 10 duplicates, and I've never gotten any, like, they're going to have way stronger
0: arms. Yeah, I assume there's going to be some sort of system in place where you can play either some sort of ranked or standard match where the standard is kind of like level playing field no matter what you do. And then the ranked is just basically you can go in with your best stuff and see how you can compete with the rest of the world. Right. Um,
1: yeah, I, uh, I'm i definitely excited. The The slam dunk basketball one or whatever, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, hoops. Um, hoops. And then... Uh v-ball the volleyball one like they they, i'm excited to try them all i'll definitely say that
0: um v-ball looks uh, interesting because it's not just straight up volleyball it's you're you're both trying to basically the ball is a bomb and you're trying to both charge it and have it explode on the other person's side um and just the fact that you could extend your arm to the other side of the net without penalty to counter stuff and catch people off guard that looked really neat um these all look really neat uh but i i liked that there is extensive single player content and it looks like grand prix is co-op uh
1: i did like uh when they were showing the the like single player grand prix you see they like teased an unannounced character like the boss guy
0: no i didn't see that
1: yeah like they show this dude from behind that has not been shown he's got like a big mohawk and stuff mm. Uh, I feel like there was another shot in the trailer, like a sizzle reel, that showed someone I haven't seen before. Esther, mm-hmm. stop!
0: Oh my lord in heaven! <laughs> <laughs> She's just being murdered. Everyone, it's
1: fine. Uh, I can. I looking at like the receiver. I don't think it's actually coming through on the mic at all, but it is absurd. Yeah. Um. I also liked they showed that you can play. With what was it up to like sixteen switches and two players on each switch, like online? Yeah. It was um, like it and was that's, up to twenty players. That's super rad. Like yeah. that means that me and Tessa could play against you and Adriana. Yeah. Like online and we could have, you know, play V ball together or whatever. Like that's
0: that's huge, I think. Um Yeah, hopefully that stuff works well. It's Yeah. It uh it remains to be seen 'cause they're their online services. I guess Splatoon worked pretty well. I didn't play it. But did you guys have problems with that?
1: No, Splatoon was pretty great. Um Mario Kart eight I thought was really great. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen a couple issues with with Mario Kart eight deluxe so far, but it's like I don't know, it, it seems to just come down to specific issues of users like just having bad connections and stuff sometimes. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm I'm hoping like the Nintendo still has not detailed even remotely their online plans. Yeah. Um and I'm hoping that Whatever their paid online shit ends up being is worth it, yeah uh, even though I mean it's gonna i it, the rumors are like based on what's been said in Japan it's gonna be like 25 bucks a year probably which is not too bad yeah that's not bad at all um, but yeah i'm uh I'm excited and they the announcer dude they've had do these two directs yeah what um, what is his name Biff biff he's good he's a good voice actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I was going to
0: say I really
1: like I love Biff. I hope he's part he's of the game. He's done super well. The he has to be based on how much you've seen, I feel like he's got to be a hope. Yeah. But I'm surprised like Nintendo one place I think they usually fail is in voice acting. Yeah. Um we we you know, I still have plenty to go in the game, but like the voice acting in Zelda is kind of a bummer. Um it's not great, but it's not terrible, you know it's no it's it's like in the middle, but that's thing voice acting in the middle is generally not that good yeah. like it needs it needs to be better, uh, I think
0: in order to be good um to be honest though Zelda's problem is that there the story itself and the storytelling isn't too involved, so i don't i, I don't think there's, I just don't think there's enough material there for the actors to go off of you know what I mean
1: I don't know, maybe we'll get into it someday, yeah. In August, when no one at all cares about <laughs> Zelda anymore, yeah, it'll be right before the DLC launches. I'll finally have beaten it. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but uh, yeah, Moral of the Story, I was stoked for Arms, and now I'm even more stoked. Um, I think the thing from that announcement, let's let's say, let's have, ask this question, Keith, mm. what. What from this direct excited you the most? what single piece of information was it a character reveal? was it
0: a mode uh what was it? it was um probably not a specific character reveal because I already knew the game was gonna have a bunch of characters just based off of what we'd seen before uh the breadth of game modes and it's not a ton there there's one, two, three four five six, seven, eight, nine right now, two online modes, and the rest are uh offline modes um even so it's nine modes of play being supported off the bat and in an era where uh multiplayer centric games usually come out pretty bare bones and they patch that shit in later i feel like there's a lot to do especially for single player content um and just the fact that they're going to be so that's that excites me and then the fact that uh they're going to be updating it for free with new characters, game modes and all that all that good stuff. Like Splatoon that is exciting as well. Nintendo has not uh failed uh in the department of DLC and post launch support yet in a game. So right. There's no reason to assume that this will that this shouldn't be just as great as Splatoon's uh post launch support has been yeah um what do you think how do you think this game's gonna resonate like uh do you think it's going to basically come out the same way splatoon did where people who played it understood it and loved it but it, it didn't like it didn't like set the world on fire and it definitely didn't push use at all
1: um i think it'll be i think we'll have a similar thing where people that play it well assuming it's good, like I this is all under the assumption that it's like Splatoon mm. it comes out of nowhere and it's a ton of fun. Assuming it is a ton of fun, I think it's going to be the same thing. People that do play it like it. People that don't probably will think, oh, that game looks interesting, or they'll think it's lame. Like, uh, my old friend Tim is very into shooters, and I remember trying to get him to play Splatoon, and it's like way too uh, kid friendly for him. Like he doesn't yeah. like the arc of the pain. He doesn't like how slow it is. Like. He wants something more intense. So people that like fighting games probably will feel the same. Hmm. Uh, just like most people that are into fighters generally like hate Smash Brothers. Yeah. Um, or you like Smash Brothers. So I sort of see it going the same route. I do think this game is going to get a lot more traction than Splatoon did because while Splatoon was great, uh, the Wii U just was, the Wii U sucked. No one bought it. Yeah. And like there still are plenty more Wii U's out there than Switches, but the Nintendo Switch is selling like crazy. It's outselling uh, every console so far, which, I mean, it just came out. That makes sense. Mm. But they can't keep it on the shelves. Uh, people, everybody wants a Switch, and there are not very many AAA games out for it. And so I think I think when it launches uh, in a few weeks here anybody that has a switch that's looking for a game is going to pick it up because it's something new. They want to try something new. Like I, I think it's going to actually do pretty decent. Like the fact that Mario Kart eight sold as well as it did, even though it was, you know, a, a, an enhanced re-release of a game is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and so a brand new game from Nintendo on a console that's actually got a lot of really positive buzz right now. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we're going to see a good, Beginning and if they if they do keep supporting it and keep it interesting, like if the new characters they add make people who played it some and put it down go, oh, I got to go try this new guy. Yeah, you know, like I think that'll uh it'll keep it with a pretty good life. And I don't know if I'm actually answering your question or not, or anymore, or if I'm just rambling.
0: I think I agree with you uh, pretty much. Is that it. it's a new IP launching on an attractive piece of hardware as opposed to Splatoon was kind of doomed on a very, I mean. It was it was dead on arrival. I feel not not completely right. dead, but it had it had fine support. But as far as like launching a new IP, the Switch is a much better platform to do that. And I think Arms is poised to do better than Splatoon,
1: right? And that's you know you see. Uh... Oh, excuse me, I had a burp. It's okay. Um, very early on in the Wii U's life, every big release that came out, especially if it was like something different the question was always can splatoon save the wii u Mm. can mario maker save the wii u like that was that was every headline you know it was like yeah it's doing well but not good enough like it was always can this game push the wii u and the question about arms is not will arms sell switches it's will people buy arms um and so just the the narrative already approaching the game is different than it was for any big wii u release yeah um and it's it's i i like that where we are at least right now we're still only a few months out from launch but where we are at right now is that the nintendo switch is good and that people like it and so the question is about the content and i think if arms does well and this is yeah you know i'm rehashing old conversations if arms does well splatoon 2 does well hmm. then we lean into uh, mario like i think this holiday is going to be pretty kickass for nintendo
0: yeah i think in general it's uh, been pretty kickass for them um, i think we're it-
1: going to see a a, a a limited edition super NES classic that no one can uh, find. Yeah. Well,
0: the, I, God damn it. They better not do that shit again. I I want the super NES classic real bad. So I'm going to be all over that when they announce that shit all over it. All over it. On it. Yeah,
1: me too. I, I bought my NES classic like, or no, I didn't buy it it was a gift for me from my friend Harris mm. who I believe is listening. Thank you very much, my friend Harris. <laughs> um, but I felt I was like NES classic, really cool, interested in it. Can't really afford it. Plus like Nintendo games are, and this is going to be sacrilege to a lot of people. They like NES games aren't that good, especially if you compare them to super Nintendo games. Yeah. Um, do we? We might have already had this conversation too. Our podcast is going to go down the drain really fast because we're just going to start <laughs> saying the exact same things in every episode. Um, um, no, I think it's. I don't think
0: we've talked about it on the show.
1: Okay. Yeah, I guess we also just talk a lot while we play games. Yeah. Um But yeah, I like I. I love the Nintendo, but a lot of the games are like, you know, they're sloppy, yeah. and then the Super NES really perfected them, and so like. I, I'm really excited to have the NES Classic and I've, I've been playing some old games on it that I never really played through and it's been awesome and it's such a cool piece of hardware. Mm. But like personal excitement level, when they announced the NES Classic, I said, that's super cool. I will definitely buy a Super Nintendo Classic. Yeah. Um, and that's still how I feel. Like I'm I'm super happy that I have the NES Classic, but I'll be super excited uh, when I, you know, guilt Harris into buying me a Super Nintendo Classic.
0: Yeah, the I mean... Just kidding,
1: Harris, don't do that.
0: please do harris give me one too um i don't necessarily agree with you that the nintendo games aren't that fun i think they're super fun i think that the super nintendo games are just the perfect realization of those ideas in a 2d space as much as you can do um and then the three—they came out. Nintendo sixty-four launched the three-three dimensional era, and then they had to rethink how to do all this stuff. And now we're hitting the point where we're getting the perfect versions of all those games. And the next step is VR. But um, man, I I want NES Classic so bad because there are games that are just perfection in that era, like uh, like Mega Man and um, Mario three and uh fuck i can't i'm having a hard time thinking of the games that are on there um those those early castlevania games they're hard they're really hard and they have a very different feel from symphony of the night symphony of the night is very fluid um and those early games you are very heavy and stiff but that means that your movements are more uh intentional and you're you have to like plan out what you're doing ahead of time uh you can see a good view of the the screen before anything really gets you but Um, there's just a different way of playing and those games are like the distilled down very basic like what makes this fun and and over the years we've added things like voice acting and story and and uh things very atmospheric background things that can get in the way sometimes if developers aren't careful to focus and zero in on just what is fun about playing this game and i think that's something that just nintendo does very well even when they put out games that comparatively to everything else that's out now are underpowered technically uh and just on a technical level but they still stand side by side with uh everything that's currently being put out so.
1: Right. It's
0: kind of how I feel. No, about and that's, it.
1: I, I, I don't think like, I don't think NES games are bad yeah. by any means, yeah. but usually if you put me, if you were to put me in, in front of a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo and, and told me to play one, I would pick the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I could see that. Um Whereas if you put me in front of a Super Nintendo and any other, any modern console, like I, you know, it wouldn't be a guarantee. There's, there are games on the Super Nintendo that are just as fun to me as, as more modern games, whereas mm-hmm. that that statement doesn't really hold up on the NES except for a few exceptions. Yeah. Um But I also, you know, when the NES came out, I was negative two years old. Like I <laughs> I wasn't really feeling games until the Super Nintendo days. Right. Exactly. Um But So, to answer your question. Uh I think Arms looks
0: good. Arms does look good. And they showed a little trailer for Splatoon 2, I what I assume is some sort of campaign mode. It wasn't very yeah. clear.
1: Um yeah, it looks very similar to the campaign mode from the first one. Mm. Um but uh it Yeah, and it's and I never really got into the campaign in the first one. I I might try to in the second one like because I, I really like Splatoon, and I think I never got very good at it. And I think running through a campaign would probably be a, a good way to learn the, the controls better. Yeah. Um, and to learn the different weapons and stuff. Um, and so this is really interesting. Um, Splatoon one uh, every four hours they would change out the available maps, uh, and they had this big like the the there's a hub world in Splatoon. You're sort of in this like little shopping center, mm-hmm. and there's a big jumbotron. And so every four hours when the maps would change, they would call your attention to the jumbotron. And even if you were like getting out of a game and the maps would changed, they'd pull you out. You'd look at the jumbotron and there were these two girls called the squid sisters, uh, named Callie and Marie. The joke is calamari. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were like, you know, there were these like celeb girls all glittered up and, uh, flamboyant and they would make bad jokes and announce the new levels. Um, Splatoon 1 also had this mode called uh, Splatfests where they would have uh an A or B decision basically they'd say do you like cats or dogs everybody would vote whether they like cats or dogs and then for the next like 2 days I think um they would compete in the Splatfest and the team that won the most uh that like if you picked cats and cats like won the most games in the Splatfest that would, cats would win. So it would be this competition that like sort of kept things going. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the very final Splatfest they did was Callie versus Marie, like who is the best Squid Sister. Um, and I don't remember which one of them won, but one of them won, and they basically have implied through a couple different things, including this campaign video, that the decision that Splatfest actually is part of the lore of Splatoon too. <laughs> uh, that Callie and Marie have like split and it's because of this like fan decision, uh, which I think is amazing. Yeah. That's and pretty awesome. I wasn't, I wasn't playing the game at the time. I didn't take part in the Callie versus Marie Splatfest. fest, but for anybody who did like, how cool is that, that their actions in that game, like are totally playing a part in where they go with this new one in the story.
0: Yeah. Uh, that sounds pretty awesome. I didn't know that before you just told me. Um it's one of the reasons why stuff like that uh like direct player impact is the reason why I'm I'm disappointed that uh the Switch doesn't have any sort of trophy or achievement system because outside of it just being like a fun thing to do outside like a meta game to have when you play games it's a good way for developers to collect data like as a as a main reason why that stuff is cool uh and so an example would be in uh, the first infamous the trophy data was collected because in those games it's, it's game replays basically a superhero but you can choose to play it as like dark side or light and you get different powers depending on what you pick but the game was always meant to be the character went down a darker path but when everyone played the game the trophy data suggested that Uh, something like 95% of the players did the good ending first. So that changed how they shaped the sequel of the game. The story changed based on that stat so that the main character was started out good in the beginning. And you could again choose light or dark. Um, But that was all based on trophy. They
1: knew that people like most people that played went that way. So they wanted to start it like in line with.
0: Right. So it would be weird if the game started and, and Cole, the main character, was being a dick you know, I go what right. the hell I, my main story was good coal, but you know I did the bad side as well to to get like the trophies um, right. it's a really good way to mine data to do stuff like that, and it's a good way to find out like um something like there's always like the basic story uh based trophies where you basically get the trophies for just playing the game, and so you could find out that like okay, in this game. Uh, 40% of the people that played it didn't finish it and of those 40% like 60% stopped at this point why would that be and they can go in and really look in and dig deep and figure out Well, like it just it all leads to like making things better and so I, I wish that Nintendo would adopt that I don't I don't think that they're like hurting for something like that but it's still it's cool it's interesting it's fun to see what kind of data can be mined from systems like that
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Um and I like that they do it. Yeah. Um I like when people are willing to listen to their fans yeah. to some degree. Even if they're if even if they don't know they're being asked a question, you know.
0: Yeah. But it's cool that uh the fact that that reminds me of that of the trophy data system where you just have like this thing and people picked one or the other and now that is part of that is canonical. Like now something is happening because of it. Yeah. Um I don't know much else about the campaign because obviously i didn't play the game so i don't know what the first game's campaign is i'm still the the thing that excites me most about splatoon 2 is the horde mode they showed off the last time they had a video
1: yes i'm very excited about that too i i really enjoy horde mode in games yeah. um partially because i'm not good at shooters yeah um and so Horde modes means me and my friends get to play against i can play against computers mm. i'm a lot better against computers yeah i'm not so good against humans um so yeah, I'm, I'm all about a horde mode.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Splatoon two also looks good. I really like the art style in the game. I like the way those characters look and the way they animate and move. Um, and I like the production art that you get to see sometimes when they do these presentations with it. Um, it has a really cool, unique, I think, fresh look, unlike anything that I've seen. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So one of my one of my big problems with Splatoon one is that like. One of the things they really uh, push in that game is like changing your clothes and your outfits, mm-hmm. and uh, they all have different stats. Like they all give you buffs, they give you stats as you play with outfits. You like actually increase uh, their buffs, and you can increase like the abilities they give you and stuff. Um, and so it's really cool. Like your customization matters; it's not just cosmetic. Mm. Um, and you can like if you like that something looks, you can sort of like re-roll its stats to try to get them better. And I know that's not like unique to Splatoon necessarily, but um I just like it. And uh but the I didn't really care about the outfits that much. Like it's all like it's this cool kid get up. Um and they're they're fun. Like the the sneakers and headphones and stuff, like they can be fun. Yeah but I was just hoping they'd go a little bit crazier with the outfits. Mm. Um like I hope I would hope they have some more variety and it. it's looking like I can't remember, I didn't see anything in this particular trailer, but I, I believe one of the last things we saw on Splatoon 2 Looks like it actually has, uh, like, does have more interesting outfits and more stuff.
0: Cool, yeah. Um, customization is always fun.
1: Yeah, it's it it gets me a whole lot. I mean, one of my favorite game series is Animal Crossing, which is a hundred percent customization. That's all you do in that game is save up money to customize.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. So. I'm going to transition it a little bit here to to
1: Splatoon 2?
0: No, No, to Destiny 2. Got a nice little reveal trailer today that I actually only watched a little bit of. Or rather, it was was a presentation. It was like an hour-long presentation. Um, I watched a few of the trailers that got shown in the middle of it. Saw some gameplay. uh, Saw some new powers, new stuff going on. I can't tell if the enemies are actually new, if they're just like reworkings of old enemies, but it looks looks cool and exciting. Um, Now that they're not, they're making the sequel without uh, the kind, what they call like the legacy consoles in mind, so the PS3 and the Xbox 360, because when the game, the first game launched it, it launched on those consoles plus the, the new consoles, the Xbox One and PS4, Um, So the game actually had to compensate for that. So it had to be made for the lowest common denominator denominator and then just enhanced for the other ones. So we didn't really get a true kind of like, here's this next gen experience. Right. And I feel like just looking at this one visually, the fidelity is a little, a little higher. It it runs a lot smoother. It, It looks like it's running at 60 frames per second this time, as opposed to the 30 it was locked at for the other consoles.
1: Um, uh, well I don't know if you've read actually but this new one is locked at 30 unless you're playing on the PC then it's untethered
0: Ooh, well maybe I will get it on PC then um, Dang right. but like it, it looks like all this it sounded like all the sound design was reworked so everything sounds fresh um, basically you have to like start from scratch and the story reasoning is like the main hub world from the first game got basically attacked and blown up and all your shit's gone so Got to go out and get new stuff. Um, I'm into that. I don't care. I actually, actually, would have preferred if they just scrapped all of the characters because in the first game you have your choice of one of three uh, classes to choose from. So, I would have liked if they just like come up with all new classes and just made starting from scratch seem not that big of a deal. But I can't tell if anyone's actually even upset about that. I think everyone's pretty excited for this game. Um, yeah. And it's just a really fun... It's a really fun game to play with friends. Uh, I don't know if I've had more fun playing a game with friends other than... <clears throat> um, I've had a lot of fun playing Overwatch. But Overwatch can get stressful sometimes. Actually, you yeah. know what? Destiny can get stressful, really stressful sometimes too. So.
1: Well, my understanding, I mean, Destiny can that you can make a pretty big time commitment to destiny and then fail, right? Like, and then yeah. not get what you wanted out of it.
0: Yeah. You can, you could get to a point, a halting point. Like the raids can last really long, depending on everyone's skill level. Um, and can
1: you, can we back up a second? Yeah, go ahead. And for me and for our listeners that are unfamiliar, mm-hmm. Um, I've never played Destiny. Yep. I am hoping to pick up Destiny 2 just because of how much my friends have liked the first Destiny. Mm-hmm. Um can you get, pitch Destiny to me?
0: Destiny is an RPG shooter that is has MMO elements, but it's a really it's a big mix mash of a lot of shit. So it's I would say it's like uh it's an RPG shooter. Diablo, like you're chasing that loot, um. But then it has an an MMO aspect where you're grouping up with a bunch of people to do these big challenges together that really require tight coordination, and the challenges are designed really well and they're very puzzle like and they they have n- but so I've go ahead
1: go ahead sorry uh, I was just say I've I've heard about these challenges but like what does a challenge like that look like in a first person shooter?
0: Um, so let's say in the first game. So, so first of all, there's like a story and stuff that you can do and you can play it for that. And, and you can just do that and then post like the, the end game stuff, which is a common thing in, uh, MMOs and stuff. You, you play through the game and you max out your level, that RPG element. And then, you are in it for the end game which is like the best loot the best gear the best like stuff you can get and the way that you do that is you have to you have to uh you have to do these things called raids uh and and raiding is where you get the absolute best stuff once you are maxed out kind of um
1: can you do raids before you're at the end game
0: you i don't remember how it shook out when the game first launched because the game's gone undergone so many changes uh there was a level requirement before you could do certain things okay um so probably i think the game probably made you beat it like beat the story just because I, i don't see how you could get to the level requirement level requirement before that unless you just played multiplayer um or rather, just the uh, competitive multiplayer, I should say, because the whole game is multiplayer. Right. Uh, so, and that's one of the appeals of the game too, is you can go through every single bit of it with your friends. Um, so you just do, you can all do co-op the story together. You could jump into the uh, the traditional competitive multiplayer suite called the Crucible, um, and then you can do these challenges, which is either strikes, which are like mini. Uh, it would be like a dungeon in a game, I guess. They're like these smaller challenges that have good rewards at the end. And then raids, which are like your biggest challenges. And so through, throughout the main game you have, it's typical shooter stuff where you're running through and you have objectives and you have like waypoints and they typically tell you what to do. Like, here's what we're doing here. Here's what we're doing next and, and after that. Uh, but then when you do the raids, uh, you have no guidance. You just have a very basic objective and it would be like open the gate something like that however the gate is locked off and you don't know what's locking it you have to run around and kind of figure out what is doing it and then once you figure that out then you have to coordinate with everybody of like okay this gate is up and there's uh, there's these three buttons or these three kind of areas on the floor let's all stand in them see what happens and then that will do something but then while you're waiting for that to unlock the gate you'll get swarmed by enemies so you have to kind of coordinate with each other of like all right we need to pair up because i'm not so good with the shooting so i need to pair up with someone who is good at that and then you just kind of like there's and then there's like uh there's always some sort of um platforming challenge where everyone has to make it through these uh these challenges where like uh platforms are like appearing and disappearing so you have to get the timing right Um, and no, you, none of you can progress until all of you get it. So it's worth it to work with each other, to nail that stuff. Um, there was like a maze in one level where you couldn't, there were these things floating around that would, they're basically looking for you and you, you can't kill them. And if they spot you, they just kill, they kill everybody. Like you have a little bit of time to run away, but usually you can't. So if it's basically a maze with things that are patrolling and you have to all like all six of you coordinate with each other. And one person is usually like, hold, 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 don't move. Okay, go now. You're like waiting for an opening to go. Um, And then there's just like these big boss fights that have all kinds of crazy, uh, crazy requirements to meet to even start damaging the boss. Um, One of the coolest ones was the very first raid that final boss was you had to like get a shield that would power up and then it would shoot a blast that would take the boss's armor down and then everyone else would fire at the boss while the boss was firing at you. And so after that person took down the boss's shield, it used the shield to make a protective dome that the boss couldn't shoot in. And everyone had to group together in the dome and shoot from the same uh, area. And only the person that was holding the shield could see the timer for when, for how much time they had to shoot the boss. And so they had to communicate of like, okay, guys, fire. And then they would say like five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Everyone get out. Like, disperse and to get the shield to do all this stuff you have to go through a portal into another dimension and fight off all this stuff and then grab the shield and get back into the main fighting area it was nuts it broke So
1: then like every time you take the shot and do all that you have to go get a new shield or yeah. does it recharge
0: yeah it, it disappears and you have to go you have to traverse dimensions again to get another shield
1: Wow, that, that that honestly sounds like a lot of fun.
0: It's awesome, and imagine trying to figure that out with like no guidance. It's just like it does not tell you you need to go in those portals. It doesn't tell you anything. It's just like kill Atheon. It's the name of the boss. It just the objective just says kill Atheon, and you have no guidance whatsoever. It's crazy trying to figure that shit out.
1: Yeah, I I was gonna say I imagine. um You know what? I was gonna say it, and I am still gonna say it. Um, I imagine that raids are like the first time you play a raid is the most fun like the most fun time
0: yeah yeah and then after that it becomes a matter of like how can we refine this and and do this as well as we can and right and get that timing down um and
1: like yeah, i mean i've gotten obviously there's no puzzle to it but i've i feel like i've gotten that same sense like when we've played the pve overwatch events mm-hmm. of just like of trying to figure out like how to get through the end like this most this latest one mm. you know we played over and over again on the hard difficulty to try to beat yeah and when we finally did it, it was really satisfying and like i felt like we played really clean like I I do like that, even though you know exactly what's going to happen. Trying to figure out the best way to play what exactly is going to happen is really fun, too.
0: Yeah, it feels so overwhelming at first. But then, I mean, you could tell when we got to that middle part where it's just the waves of guys coming in your stationary. We got so good at, like, when those things drop down, you would immediately charge it. And I would have a bomb, and I would throw that out. And we just had a a system to it that... um, it just after a while we didn't we didn't even have to talk to each other we just knew it was going to happen so that's kind of like how the raids start to get down you start to get this this flow for them um and the challenges are super fun and the last the very last raid that they made for destiny one there's a middle part that's just like a it's like a mad max reference it's so awesome it's just it's not even difficult they you could tell they just made it because it was like let's just do something that's fun because these raids are stressful and, like, all of them have been stressful. Let's just put something that's really kick-ass in the middle of this one. And it fucking rocked. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um,
1: is the So all most of what I ever hear about Destiny is the in-game stuff. Um, do you find the story of Destiny compelling?
0: Um, not as it stands in the first one. And the little bit of stuff that I could see in the second one, you could tell that they're finding their footing with all these characters and what they're... Uh, what their roles are and how to use them really well. It just, it just is brimming with a lot more charm, um, than the first one. Cause the first one story apparently had a lot of hoops to jump through and they actually had to scrap it and start rewriting it really quickly before it launched because there's a whole bunch of like legal issues with some guy who had departed the company and he had rights to the story and everything. So they did like rework a bunch of stuff. So he didn't get a bunch of money. Um, so the second one seems like it's going to be a lot more coherent. Uh the, the nature, Who's the
1: dick, who's the dick in that situation, the guy or the company?
0: I can't I can't tell. I I don't think either one's to blame to be honest. Uh it, It's tough. I I don't remember all the details now. I could I could have told you I've given you a better, better answer before, but I think that they were trying I honestly think that the it, it was Activision that was trying to dick him out of money, so it wasn't Bungie cuz he had a that guy had a good relationship with Bungie. He worked on all the um the Halo games with him. Uh so I think it was more of an Activision thing than a Bungie thing. Gotcha. Um
1: so then Activision forced Bungie to uh rewrite stuff so that, that he couldn't get money.
0: Probably yeah. Um <clears throat> but they they have a the nature of the expansions that they put out for the game. So the first two were kind of underwhelming because they were probably in the works for a while and then they kind of uh basically softly relaunched the game with the third expansion the Taken King, which had a coherent story, had uh actual cutscenes with characters interacting with each other and uh <clears throat> like being charming and entertaining and funny and fun. And, uh, it was just a really tight, well-told story and had a lot of content in it. And if the second game, if Destiny 2 is going to be anything like that, but better enhanced because it's a sequel, um, I think we're in for some really, really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. I'm, I'm definitely excited. Um, I, uh, when does it come out? August?
0: Uh, September, September 8th. September.
1: Okay. Yeah. That seems like a, a reasonable time to dive into something new. Um, I don't want to make any plans for the whole summer because I just want to not do anything. Yeah. Um. And and then September sounds like a good time to start start a new game. No, I want to play it. Um. I. I I still don't like. There's nothing about Destiny that uh makes I don't look at Destiny go. I want to play that. I do love. I think aesthetically, Destiny is a really cool looking game. Yeah. Um. You and I, you were kind enough to buy me The Division
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, a while back, and uh, it was sort of sold as a Destiny-like game, um, and we barely played it, and I I feel guilty about that because mm. you bought it for me. But it just, like, aesthetically, it wasn't interesting. So I was I was at no point driven to, like, want to do better for my character or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that stuff matters for me in games. And so, like, Destiny... I'm immediately attracted to the characters I'm immediately drawn to them, and so the idea of getting anything new for them is appealing to me yeah. um and that is sort of like but that's the most I can say is i think aesthetically Destiny is a really cool looking but uh you know uh, an online shooter with some cool puzzle elements like it's it's not uh, it does not stand out to me as something I would be interested in except that uh most people i know have played a lot of destiny and really love it and so that has that has kept that has made me excited um and i'm glad they're actually keeping their word and launching it on the pc cuz they said destiny 1 would come to the pc and it never did
0: yeah i think there's potential for you to really like it i think the only thing that will uh turn you off from it is the actual like shooter mechanics of it because it is it is a very tight shooter. Um, but you've been playing a lot of overwatch. So I think that's a soft, that would be a soft kind of segue into this sort of thing where you already like yeah. the aesthetic of it. Cause it's very space themed. And unlike the division, the customization goes, uh, the customization is, goes more than just like, let's pick a different colored jacket or let's get a different military rifle. It's like the, the rifles in destiny, uh, they just don't make sense sometimes and that's cool and fun. Like who cares? Yeah. There's a gun that shoots bullets that poisons people. So like when you shoot somebody with it, it still does damage over time. Even if they like run around a corner and you can't see them anymore. Like that would never work in real life. And I don't care. Like I I, yeah. literally would never care because it's a video game yeah, and no, video games are fun. fun. Yeah. It's about, it's more about the mechanics more so than logic. So I Agreed. I wasn't sure if you were going to get into the division just because of the, it was the military kind of grounded nature of it, which I know that you're not right. strictly into. I was hoping that just the, the, uh, RPG aspects and, uh, the, the, just the like co-op nature of it would be fun for you.
1: Which I did like, and I feel like I, I don't remember, but I feel like the division was not like, like great timing either. I feel like we couldn't find time to play that much. Yeah. Um, and I think part of it too is like you had just built your gaming PC, and mm-hmm. so you wanted something to play, yeah, um, with me. And so I, I do like I, I apologize for not putting much time into it with you because I liked the idea, and I obviously we play Overwatch together all the fucking time, mm-hmm. um, so I really do like playing games with you. Um, but based on timing, and I think just that game didn't just didn't hook me at all.
0: Yeah, totally makes sense. Um,
1: but I am I am excited for Destiny 2, and I I do intend to pick it up, especially. If other people are picking up, the one thing that stresses me out is that everyone I know that plays destiny plays it on console. Mm. Um, you, Roger, uh, my brother all played on the PS4 together. Yep. My friend Tim plays it on, uh, this Xbox with a couple of their friends. Mm. And so I know everybody already has their crews. And like, if you and, uh, JW got it on the PC, you'd be leaving Roger out yeah um if tim got on the pc I'd be leaving his friends out and so i know that the pc is probably not the first place anybody's gonna want to get it except for me um and so that that's the other concern like if everybody decides to get it on the ps4 i might just be left out again um and that's okay like i'd it probably makes more sense for the people that play it all the time to do it but
0: i'm gonna I be i'm gonna be a crazy man and probably more than likely get it for both ps4 and pc and then yeah. I'm I'm confident you and I could just garner a crew of our own on the PC.
1: Yeah, we definitely have PC friends. Um, I fantasized that by that point, Tessa. I'll have built a new PC for Tessa, but mm. um, I don't think that actually is in the in the cards anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know if it'd be too shootery for her, but she's really taken to Overwatch.
0: Mm. I, so I we can
1: see and the fact that it's like the thing is it's it is way easier to be bad at a shooter just emotionally it's it's much easier to be bad at a shooter where you're playing against a i yeah um, even if you're still bad at it if most of the content is p v e it's a lot more tolerable yeah um it's when you know there's other people on the other side that are so much better than you and that's why you're sucking so bad like that's that's when it gets in my head
0: yeah I don't know if the if the stress is probably appealing to Tessa or many people for this sort of thing, because with the rating and stuff, it is the sort of thing where you have to be respectful of people's, respectful of people's time. And if, if you're, it's clear when you're rating with someone who's not taking it as seriously as you. And at that point we had to learn me and my buddy, Rich, who played it together, uh, we had to learn because there's no matchmaking for raids. So you have to kind of go to a third party source, which is, uh, something called LFG looking for group. Um, yeah. And so when you get into these the rooms, large friendly
1: giant, uh, large cheap up of the World of <laughs> all book. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, at that point, when you get into these groups with people who you can tell, just like aren't into it, you have to kind of be like, yeah, we're going to go like see you guys and then just kind of find people that are kind of on your level of like commitment to it. So I th- I mean, they take like hours, right? Yeah. The, uh, the longest one, I think the quickest we beat it was, uh, two hours. Um,
1: yeah, that's definitely, you don't want to commit to that with someone who's doesn't care if it's going to take that long,
0: but there's checkpoints. So you could do it, you can only do it once a week to gain rewards, so uh, it, there's a reset every week where you can just go at it again, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's like you could just do a section and then be like, well, we'll meet up here again, you know, five o'clock tomorrow night, and then just do another section and keep going from there, or you can, a lot of people just try to knock it all out in one go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... It's well, fun. I think there's potential for you to like it. I also think there's potential I, for you I to super hate it.
1: Really? Yeah. Um, I I do think there's potential, and I'm excited to explore that potential.
0: Yeah. There's going to um, be a beta, uh, or uh, either an alpha or a beta. I suggest you play that to see what your feelings are on it.
1: Yeah, I definitely would like to. Speaking of betas, um, yeah, I got in. I got a couple tickets, one for me, one for you, to uh, the Lawbreakers beta, which is it's isn't it Cliff. Blazinski's new game. Oh yeah. Cliffy B. Um, uh, which I had never cared about, uh, Gears of War. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I sort of always hated how fucking broy it was. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people really liked it. I know, I mean, you made, you made some, some lifelong friends from playing that game. Yep. Um, and, uh, my favorite memory from, uh, which you of you were
0: a part of that.
1: Was I there when you
0: first met them? Yeah, you were the reason why it all happened because I wanted to I show did not you that know game. this. I don't think I wanted to show you Gears of War one, uh, and because it was the first online shooter I'd ever played. It was a reason I got right. Xbox Live at the time, uh, and I just kind of wanted to show it to you. And we went in my room and got into just happened to get into a room with uh, one of my best friends in the world, Richard Dove. That's where I met him and. All his friends, and and that was just kind of the crew I played Gears of War with from that day on. It just because I signed on to play one game just to show you that game. So, how did that persist? Like, you signed on to show me, mm. you got in a room with these guys,
1: yeah, um, or with Richard, mm. and then, like, did you just show me the one game or did you play a couple? Like, how did you go? How did you and Rich end up playing again together? Did you just get a friend request or something?
0: Yeah, it was, uh, I because uh, I just started, I didn't have any friends on Xbox Live, so I was looking for people to play the game with, and I think we I just played the one game because we were hanging out, so I just played the one and we left and did whatever for the rest of the day. But we, I played, and and they were being they were just being funny because they were, they were all friends and they were just hanging out basically, and I just happened to get dropped into the game with them, and uh, and I was just kind of playing along with them we were all having fun and they just happened to friend request me at the end of the game. So that's awesome. I did not,
1: I, I knew I was, I knew I like, had been around at some point when you were playing with them, but I don't think I knew that was the first time you ever played with them. Yeah.
0: We were, we went to my mom's house. It was up in my room. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I do. I remember. have a specific memory of that. Yeah. Um, what I was to say is one of my, my favorite memory of gears of war was, uh, one time I was playing on your, uh, I think me and our friend Sean were both playing split screen Mm. on your Xbox um, or maybe we were on Sean's Xbox, but uh, we were playing and we got, I was just playing as like a guest, you know? So my name was just like his name one or something like that or Mm. two. And uh, we got put in opposite teams and I'm terrible at those games, but I somehow killed everybody on his team except for him. And he killed everyone on my team except for me. And then we were sitting next (laughs) to each other, like, on a bed. Mm -hmm. And so we ran to the middle of the map, and there was, like, a pillar. And we just ran in circles around the pillar, not shooting each other, until we both got booted out of the game. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Because I'm sure it took a few minutes for people watching to realize why we weren't shooting each other. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the game, Um, games like that have a lot of... The story, the story of them is the story that you make with your friends, and right. I like that kind of stuff. But so, Lawbreakers, new shooter, um, also looks super broy. Like Cliffy B,
1: I don't think he could not make a broy game. Yeah, um, it looks really broy. I don't necessarily know if I'll like it. It looks probably like it's too shootery for me, but it's completely like zero G shooter, mm. and so you're like flying around like crazy, and that aspect of it, like sounds like it could be a lot of fun and so yeah i uh i at some point when i first saw a trailer for it or something i must have signed up for like a closed beta um but i uh, i got in so i'll uh we'll have to try to check it out i think it's just through the weekend um so how long are you out of town
0: saturday and sunday
1: you get back sunday i get back monday morning let's see and this ends on Sunday. <laughs> so you're either <laughs> playing it tonight or you're not playing it, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Um, So let me, yeah, I mean, I I could send it to you. I guess I could always see if uh, JW or somebody else wanted to try the beta if you're
0: yeah, not around. Yeah, let them try it. Uh, let someone else try it that has more time than me.
1: Uh, I don't want to take a whole code yeah. just
0: to play one game.
1: But that's the thing, yeah, I mean, I don't like what was the last, there was some other beta that I got uh, sent to recently that we never even touched. Um,
0: uh, it was for honor, I think.
1: Yeah, that's right. Like, it's just sort of how it goes. I feel like sometimes it's always, it's always over the weekend. And now that like I work, a uh, a, a big boy job, like I always have so much shit I have to do over the weekend that it never ends up happening. Yeah. And you, uh, work on the weekend. So that doesn't work out either.
0: That's true. That is true.
1: Um, but oh, you know what I thought was interesting about Destiny Two is: uh, Did you read that on the PC it's going to run only through the BattleNet launcher? Um,
0: I no, I didn't realize that, but I guess it makes sense since it's Activision that does. It's Activision does the Blizzard stuff, right? Do they on like on console? I think so. I think Activision Blizzard they have some sort of deal with each other. Gotcha.
1: Um, But, yeah, I think that's kind of neat. I don't know why, but I think it's neat.
0: Yeah, because it'll be right in the hub with all the other stuff we play, like uh, Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm.
1: Battle.net is the only launcher aside from Steam that I'm okay with. Yeah. Uh, I fucking hate having to use, uh, what is it, Unity. I hate having to use Uplay. Yeah. Um, And uh, I despise them.
0: uh, Origin for the EA games. Yeah, Origin, I think.
1: Unity is not a thing, is it?
0: No, I think it's just you play in Origin are the only other ones I yeah, have. Yeah,
1: you play in Origin. Unity is a language. I think that uh, was my mistake. But, yeah, I, I hate having to use them. Um, Don't mind Battlenet. I don't know what the difference is, but mm. I don't mind it. Uh, it's just cleaner. Like, Battlenet, You boot it up. You got your games on the left. Yep. You got, like, news in the middle, and that's it. All the other ones, like, there's, like, a ton of menus that you go through. They're constantly mm. trying to sell you shit. Yeah. Like, I think that's one thing I like about Battle.net is it's not, it doesn't feel like a store. It feels like a launcher. Whereas, uh, when I sign into, uh, you play or, uh, the one you just said origin, origin yeah. um, I feel like I, I feel like I'm on the iTunes store and I have to navigate to my library. Yeah. I have to like take time to find my own shit versus Battle.net is just like, here's your stuff. Like you don't even know you don't own something until you try to launch it. And I was like, Oh, I actually have to buy this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're so, and they take so long to update too. And they just like mm-hmm. s- suck all the fucking power out of my PC. Like it runs slower when that shit's trying to update. And then yeah. I'm just like, I never want to open you. I don't know why you're automatically opening. I, like, I literally never want to open this. Stop. Yeah. Um, it's one of, the, one of the things it's annoying about PC gaming but it's almost worth it I modded my first game this week yeah what did you mod uh, Dark Souls 1 Ooh. I made it run smoother look better just all around you know taking advantage of those godly like uh, PC powers
1: that's what it's all about my friends um, I think the, the first modded... game that I want
0: to seriously mod is Skyrim because I haven't played the game in forever and I would love to play it with like graphics mods and all that kind of shit
1: there's some great ones out there and they what's what i like about modding is that like the modding community is so good that they make it easy for people that don't know what they're doing yeah um well you still need to do some research but um i'm not sure what you use to mod dark souls but like all the bethesda games to use uh this service called like the nexus Mm -hmm. um and it has, like, its own app you run, and they, like, you know, they're aware of conflicts between different mods and all this stuff, and so it's very, like, I don't know. It's just super user-friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty rad. Nexus
0: is where I got the Dark Souls mod.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I I didn't know how wide Nexus spread, but I know it's a very common... The Nexus mod manager. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, Keith... Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: I know this was... Uh, a pretty low-impact episode, just chitting and chatting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll,
1: but uh, how do you feel about it?
0: I'm feeling pretty satisfied. I don't mind the low-impact ones. Yeah, I do, too. I mean, this is, like,
1: chances are good that we'll hit stop on these recorders and then just keep talking <laughs> about this shit. Like, Yeah. Um, it's, uh, but yeah, I'm feeling pretty satisfied, too. Oh, I did. I, I touched on this earlier just super fast. Yeah, they announced, did you see uh, the Splatoon
0: Pro Controller? Yeah, I did see that,
1: yeah. I love it. And I know I want to get another Pro Controller someday, so I'll probably end up picking it up.
0: And didn't they do... Um, uh, They have different colored Joy-Cons too for it, right? Yeah,
1: and I think I'm personally right now more interested in the neon yellow Joy-Cons from ARMS than I am for the Splatoon ones. Yeah. Um, And I think I might end up getting them when ARMS comes out so that I can... We can have two players.
0: I just want a bunch, and I want one of those, like... uh, I want one of those, like from Etsy, really customized keychain hangers, but they're just going to have Joy Cons hanging on them. All yeah. different colored Joy Cons. I like it. Yeah.
1: I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I, so I guess I'm not fully satisfied because I want to finish out this <laughs> thought. Um, but, uh, I, I really like something I really like about the Switch is like, Is how many accessories Nintendo is putting out for it. Yeah, Um, it just it just feels like fun, like dumping out new colors. Like it took the Wii years to start getting new colors of controllers, and the first one was black, and then you know eventually they came with a red one. Like and and now they slowly put out more, but like the Switch has been out for uh, three months, Mm -hmm. and they've it launched with two with essentially three different controller colors. They've announced a fourth color for arms and then they've announced a fifth and a sixth color for Splatoon. Like, yeah, it's just fun. Um, and I, I, I hope it's a sign of things to come where Nintendo goes, Hey, this could be fun. And then they just do it. Like, instead of keeping it, they're tr- trying to say and adult, like Nintendo is for people that want to have fun. And I like it when Nintendo remembers that.
0: Yeah. Um, I hope it gets to the point sooner as opposed to later where, uh, your personality to really personality can really be uh inferred from the way you dress your switch up yeah everybody can be super unique in what they pick
1: yeah exactly and that's i i like it um like it a lot so anyway i just wanted to touch on that now absolutely i feel pretty satisfied
0: me too um uh, it was nice talking with you Keith. It was nice talking, talking with you as always Sam and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. Uh for further interaction you can find me on uh Twitter. Wait, let me do it. Go ahead. Find Keith on
1: twitter.com/chatisfiedtheshow.com. Uh go to his Facebook page at myspace.com/keithhere.com/chatisfied and uh please you know comment on the posts and uh see you next week.
0: No, you see, you missed the part where I always try to work in a joke where I have a Twitter, I'm at Chump, and Sam doesn't have Twitter because he is, and I fill it in with some sort of joke that calls back to something I did in the episode before, but then, you know, I I couldn't think of anything to You were supposed to, but you missed, you missed that part. You got to pick up on that. Come on, man. And I don't have a Twitter cuz I'm dead. Yeah, you're dead. Sam's dead like those cats. Those cats are fucking dead. You don't, you hear those cats anymore? You don't. You know why? They're dead. I
1: don't, I don't think they heard them earlier. But they were loud. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. You can do your uh your stupid
0: no. Uh, social done.
1: media thing now.
0: It's done. You did it. <laughs> you did it imperfectly. And now everyone's going to try to find me at my space at the wrong place. And Well,
1: They'll have to tune in next week. They're, I, we're going to leave them on the edge of their seat. That's right. They're going to be like, oh, God, I forgot. I could, can't find it. Let's see next week if I was wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll just have to.
1: See, you you got to leave them anymore. If there's one thing I learned from watching the commentary on Trapped in the Closet, <laughs> it's that cliffhangers uh, really keep the audience coming back.
0: Oh, gosh. What's the cliffhanger this week? I don't know. We'll find out next week. <laughs>